0: Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Susio of Geodata Vision.
1: Welcome to our podcast series addressing everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but were afraid to ask. This is Len Suzio with GeodataVision. I'm joined today by uh, Dean Stockford of m M&M and Consulting. Dean, the last few podcasts we have been have, that have been released have had tremendous download volume. So what exciting topic do you have on tap for our audience today?
2: Yeah, you're right, Len. And uh, it's nice to see that type of traction uh, with our podcast. But today I thought I'd keep it brief um, and discuss the guidance that was recently released. And I say recently in the last few months uh, by the CFPB in September as it relates to uh, Equal Credit Opportunity Act and credit denials in artificial intelligence. So how we deal with credit denials uh, via artificial intelligence systems is really where I'm headed.
1: Well, that not only sounds interesting, it sounds like it's very timely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know a few episodes back, you spoke about AI, artificial intelligence. So this should be of special interest to today's audience.
2: Yeah, you're correct. And back, I think it was in June of this year, I spoke of AI in banking. But today, I'm going to be a little bit more narrowly focused uh, on recent guidance that was issued in certain legal requirements that lenders must adhere to when using artificial intelligence systems. Uh, for purposes of, you know, uh, ECOA, uh, this means that creditors cannot simply just use Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, sample adverse action forms or model form notices and checklists if they do not reflect the actual reason for the denial of credit or the change in the credit conditions.
1: Well, that seems to make sense. What would the expansion of advanced algorithms and personal data and credit underwriting
2: yeah, you are correct. And technology marketed as AI is expanding the data that's used for lending decisions and includes a growing list of reasons for adverse action. And, and as we all know, we talk about model forms all the time and the model form language. And when regulators came out with those model forms, they said that we would off, they would offer safe harbor protection from litigation uh, if you use the, the model form language verbatim, not just that we use the model form. Um, but with the increase in lenders using these complex algorithms, you can see why issues revealing reasons for adverse action are popping up all over the place.
1: Yeah, I can see why these issues are finding their way to the forefront. I wonder if Humda data collection will be updated to coincide with the expanded reasons for adverse action. And by the way, uh, as you and I are talking today, the news came out about how Bank of America, I think, was fined $12 million by uh, the CFPB for uh uh, sloppiness in their Humda LAR. Yeah. Uh, so this is really timely Dean, I think. <laughs> so, uh,
2: yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree, yeah. Len. And, and, you know, what the other thing is, is that, you know, there's an underlying message when you start reading down through that order and, and, and it looks like they may be gearing up to perhaps even get them good with fair lending. Um, because Boy. as we know, when you start talking about, uh, uh data, and the accuracy of hum data. If your if your hum data is inaccurate, the most likely they're going to fail you under your fail ending exam because they can't, you know, they, they can't do an, an appropriate or an effective data analysis. So I'm glad you brought that up. And right, and way, you know, these are just another area. But um, you know, so. Yeah, I, I I suppose you know we'll we'll, we'll provide uh, I'll provide some additional guidance relative to you know to this probably in the future um, on you know those types of I'll call them Humda data issues in fair lending and how that works. But you're spot on, Len. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. suppose we'll see some additional modifications too with the model forms, not just you know Humda as we were talking about, but you know we have yeah. the option and as you know, Len. We have that option under Humda. Um, to code those mm-hmm. denial reasons. So um, I think that will have to be modified right. per se to be consistent. And I also think that the model forms that are put out by the regulators themselves um, will have to be uh, modified. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Well,
1: well see. can you expand a little bit? Can you can you expand a little bit on the, on the specifics of the ex- guidance that you yeah. expect? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, your thoughts about that, Dean?
2: Yeah, no. Thank you for yeah yeah keeping me keeping my train back on the tracks because you know how I get some somewhat excited. <laughs> over, you know, you bring something up like the Bank of America <laughs> violation, and all of a sudden I get a little excited. So, um, but you know, the guidance is not really, <laughs> it's, it's not really extensive, Len. Um, but it referred to the CFPB mm-hmm. circular from May twenty six of twenty two regarding what we call black box algorithms in which the director Chopra uh, Mm -hmm. was quoted as follows. Companies are not absolved by their legal responsibilities when they let a black black box model uh, making their lending decisions. The same circular warned uh, that compliant adverse action notifications from some models might not be possible again because of the language that's used, the uh, and the and the algorithms that are used within these automated solutions. So specifically, you know, the guidance explains that even for adverse as- action, excuse me, decisions that are made by those complex algorithms, creditors must provide accurate and specific reasons so that the consumer uh, again can discern as to why they were denied credit. Um, in addition to those circulars, the CFPB also issued an advisory opinion that the law requires lenders to provide those adverse action notices to borrowers when changes are made to existing accounts. And that's often forgotten about in a lot of cases. When we're making a change, a negative change specifically, when we're taking adverse action on an existing account, we're also required uh, to provide notification to the consumer. So when you take these circulars uh, in, 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 and or opinions, uh, they're really not anything new, I guess you could say. Um, but, but the expansion of the adverse action reasons is certainly growing in attention from the regulators. So, you know, again, I would revisit my controls and make sure that uh, if we are using model forms and we are using these uh, artificial intelligence uh, uh, systems for, for underwriting purposes and, and making decisions, then uh, we want to make sure that we're using appropriate reasons for, for doing so.
1: Dean, in in the many uh, podcasts that you and I have recorded and broadcast, uh, I know you almost always make it a habit not only to point out problems, but to give some advice to the audience. Before we conclude today's recording, do you have any additional advice that you'd like to share with our audience?
2: Yes. And thank you. You always remind me, which is great because uh, as you know, my hair is getting grayer every day and <laughs> I don't have, a, I don't, my memory is not quite as long as it used to be. <laughs> my mother, my, my mother, Yeah, my wife always says measure it by the size of your fingernail. So um, and that's, what she's that's when she's mad at me, Lynn. <laughs> Yeah, given the regulatory <laughs> attention, you know, given the regulatory attention, you know, I think that's afforded this area, not just because of what we're talking about today, but as we already know, Humder and, and fair lending issues. But, but what I think folks should do: update your ECOA and underwriting risk assessments. Um, So go look at those fair lending risk assessments, and I'm sure embedded within that fair lending risk assessment, you have ECOA, uh, you know, uh, 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 inherent risk and mitigating factors, the same thing. So you want to go in and and update those, review your policies, procedures and include more specific language uh, as needed. If you are using those systems, Uh, review your forms, whether you're using model forms or not, Um, it's very important. Um, not only that you're using uh, the, the model form language, but also that you identify those opportunities where perhaps uh, you can apply some consistent language across the board if you're using those systems. Ensure uh, that your messages in these three CFPB notices are conveyed to everyone in your company. Underwriting, uh, making sure that uh, in selecting your vendor. Uh, that underwrite and arrive at credit decisions or recommendations, that they're viewed, they're vetted, that you've done the appropriate due diligence, and you've looked at also, again, the language that can be used. Have a sit down to figure out exactly how credit decisions will be uh, compliant um, and substantiated uh, going forward. Um, The September 2023 guidance goes further to explain that it is or isn't acceptable Um, uh, And it it should be used as a conversation starting material for lender discussions with your vendors. So, um, again, I encourage people to sit down, have that discussion, uh, figure out exactly how uh, credit decisions are communicated uh, to our applicants, um, making sure that they can be clearly substantiated within the file itself, regardless of whether it's model form language or not.
1: So that's what I have, great, Len. Great.
2: Advice.
1: <laughs> well, that's great advice, Dean. It's, and, and you know, you got, even though uh, by uh, your standards, this is a little bit shorter than normal, it's full of, packed with plenty of good information and always, of course, with good advice and suggestions for our listening audience. And I'm certain that they appreciate that, Dean.
2: Yeah, well, you're most welcome, Len. Uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoy and I hope they take this guidance uh, uh, and update controls accordingly. But this is Dean Stockford from m M&M Consulting.
1: And this is Len Susio from Vision, saying thank you for listening to today's topic. And please, as we always say, let us know of any additional topics you would like to hear in the future.
0: Thanks for listening to The Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow m M&M Consulting and Geodata Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on Compliance Hot Topics.